Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Poole Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm so, so glad that you're here, and I am thrilled to be here today with galactic astrology researcher, Julia Balaz. And I just have to say that Julia has taken our community by storm. So I was uh, in our Mighty Networks inner circle community, just connecting with our different members, and I found a thread that was all about a recent podcast that Julia had done with Pam Gregory. And the comments that people were leaving under this, this podcast, this, you know, saying things like, wow, this podcast has changed my life or, oh my gosh, like this has given me keys to questions that I've been asking my entire life. Things like that were being said under this video. And I went, hmm, I probably need to check this out. So, and I love Pam Gregory so much. So I went and listened to the episode between Pam and Julia, and I was blown away within minutes. It was like, oh, okay, this is something special. What Julia is doing is something special. There is some frequency coming through her and her work that um, I would love to share with our community here at Astrology Hub. So we reached out to Julia and actually Linda Bird also then later connected, said, Hey, Amanda, I really think you need to meet Julia Balaz. And I went, Oh my gosh, Linda, we are definitely in on the same frequency because I already have been wanting to reach out to Julia. So then we did. And now she's here and I'm so grateful you're here, Julia. Thank you for joining us and sharing your work uh, and your perspective with our community. Thank you so much for this wonderful introduction, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here. So grateful. It's always extra exciting to share the work with fellow enthusiasts of astrology. So I can't wait to see how the information will come through and how the information will impact the audience as well. It's always amazing to see the stories of resonance and awakenings and greater clarity. So I'm super grateful. Thank you. Mm, Okay. So this is your astrology hub podcast debut, and we always start with story so that we can get to know you so that we can get to understand a little bit about the journey that you've been on that brought you to this moment. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came to astrology and then also how you came to this galactic astrology? And then, of course, we're going to talk about what galactic astrology actually is. So I am self-taught astrologer, and it's uh, something that was a complex of mine, and I was kind of holding back because of it. I, you know, didn't ever think that I will be speaking in front of so many people and encouraged by so many people as a self-taught astrologer. But as I'm listening to your Uh, podcasts and other podcasts. It seems there are many self-taught astrologers. So I'm actually so glad that I did break free. And it was actually thanks to Pam Gregory's books. There was something about her frequency, her encouraging, uplifting words. She's such a high vibe that during while reading one of her books, I said, 
I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I need to come out. So, and I'm so glad I did. Never looked back. But uh, so it was early teens when I had access to a huge library and always went into the section for um, psychology and esoterics and astrology books were there too. I was always very self-reflective um, and very curious about how the mind works and why we are the way we are. But the biggest development occurred when I became a QHHD practitioner. Oh, okay. Say that word again. QHHD practitioner. Okay. So the biggest breakthrough occurred when I became a QHHD practitioner, full-time holding space for uh, people who wanted to find answers to their kind of soul-driven questions, why their life is the way it is, why they're struggling with certain challenges, no matter what they're doing. And uh, they always thought, you know, is it something from a past life or is it maybe ancestral story that is influencing me as a strong blueprint, strong pattern that um, I need a higher perspective on? So it was during these QHHD sessions from the very beginning, because I was an astrology nerd, I asked clients for their birth details. So I kind of learned the other way around to really understand the charts, because I would listen to their entire life stories first in the kind of pre-session interview and then hold space for them for three hours or longer sometimes as they regress to multiple lifetimes, whether their own or ancestral stories. And then after their session, I was able to, I was taking time for hours just looking at the chart and looking for what they experienced and what they shared with me. I was looking for the validations of that in their astrology. And it always blew my mind. It's all there. It was like I was becoming more and more passionate and driven to just learn this code of creator. You know, it's like looking behind a curtain and seeing what the divine plan is. So, so brilliant. It's intelligence that we cannot even fathom. It's so epic. You know, there are many uh, mind-blowing moments. And I started saying that I live for these mind-blowing moments. And it's so thrilling. And I love sharing these now with others and actually connecting with audience and enthusiasts who also thrive on these kinds of experiences. Um, the, the biggest first breakthrough was looking at lunar nodes, south node node. And because I had the opportunity to witness people going through several past lives, some clients would just go through one and one life experience that was different than their current. And it was like full on story with a lot of details. And that was the whole session. But many were uh, jumping from several different life stories. And there was a thread. There was a pattern of consciousness. For some of them, it was more about clearly just relationships development throughout many lifetimes. For others, it was about developing or searching for truth, you know, spirituality. There are so many different stories. And when I looked at the lunar nodes, it was it was there. Like lunar nodes are a real thing. When you look at your south node and what that means, and if you look at descriptions of it in any of the literature uh, available out there, like a um, great book for that would be Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller, an amazing book, so much guidance for every day when you just look at the lunar nodes. But when you look at the, what she's saying about potential past lives, these were the past lives that my clients were experiencing in their sessions. Wow. Uh, just a quick example, if there was a um, south node in Aries, then the theme of those past lives would have been either a, a soldier or a solar traveler, like a cowboy in the prairie. Uh, someone who was relying on their own uh, decisions to survive. And it was more about me, myself and I, and then the others. 
you know, and then they were shown that in this lifetime, actually, they've done it so much now, this lifetime, their soul wants them to actually start connecting with others and be more diplomatic and compassionate and caring about the relationships. So kind of developing the uh, Libra, not note. So it's just one of many examples. It really is there. So do do guys look at your lunar nodes and find the guidance there and ideally find your healthy middle, right? Because I believe we are coming to the point where we are integrating the polarity of archetypal energies. It's really calling us to the center. So that was quite uh, interesting. That was first couple of years. And then I started noticing clients more and more experiencing stories that did not look like earth experience they were describing atmospheric conditions that were definitely not earth when they looked at the sky they would have seen several larger objects whether moons or other planets uh, different color skies their bodies look different there are so many different stories i could go on and on about this one but it was clear that it was different star system different planet but i want to get to the point where some of them started uh, connecting to more well-known star systems like Sirius or Arcturus, Orion. And when I got those names, and it was around that time that I realized we can track fixed stars by zodiac degrees. And I love, just for a quick reference, going to astrologyking.com website slash fixed stars. It lists them beautifully by uh, zodiac sign. So that's what I started paying attention to. So astrologyking.com lists them by the conjunct alignments. But I started looking also at the opposites, trines, sextiles, and squares. And it was taking me usually around three hours to do all the calculations manually because I was there wasn't a, a software at the time, at, at least that I was aware of. I was not using SolarFi or anything like that. It was just all self, <laughs> self-made. But um, so I started looking at charts and fixed stars. At first, I wasn't sure what I'm looking at, but it, it's just, just like looking for patterns. And usually I would look for something that repeats as a story where I can get some certainty, okay, there is really something to it. It's not just my mind trying to give a meaning to something, you know. And synchronicity as it as it happens is that if I was focusing on certain star system, let's say Pleiades, usually that there would be certain planets in our system transiting Pleiades. And clients who would book those sessions in that time would have Pleiades in their charts aligned to any some of their planets. That was one of the big one as well. There was a person who was channeling Syrian higher aspect of their being and their Mercury was, their natal Mercury was conjuncting Sirius. And on that day, there was another, uh, I think sun or moon uh, conjuncting Sirius. Oh my God. That was the point where I just could not stop. And it was like, oh my God, there is something amazing here. And I want to know more. So that's kind of how it started. What an incredible story. What I love about this, and this is this is exactly what I got when I started listening to you with Pam, is this is very, quote unquote, out there. <laughs> I mean, no pun intended, uh, you know, ideas and information. So basically what you're saying is that you were starting to see patterns, not only for lifetimes on this planet, but also you're starting to see patterns of lifetimes on other fixed stars and in other galaxies even. And, but what I love about you is you're doing it so scientifically and you're in your meticulous tracking and, and research. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're doing that? Like, how are you actually putting all this data together in a way that it's something that you can study? Yeah. Uh, Well, 
I have um, folders of just A4 paper. I would put the birth details on top with all the planets alignments as they are on natal chart and then fixed stars. I have a huge pile of just sheets with natal details, including fixed stars. And then the back page would, or additional pages usually stapled in would have the story that occurred in the session or the life uh, key points. And then I have a recording of their session as well. But uh, the, the biggest synchronicities or patterns that really seem to matter and come up over and over, they are shared now in my online courses. Uh, a basic course and then more advanced course was created from the basic course, from the students' demand and questions and feedback. It was just, it's just growing on its own. Okay. So give us a little taste. Are you, are you noticing that there are sort of flavors or, or like different um, characteristics and or different missions and values based on where someone's coming from in the it, for, based on which fixed star that they're having history with? I understand your question. Yes, uh, I would actually like to encourage people to go to our free uh, calculator tool. One of the students who happened to be a um, software developer helped us build this to spare us hours of uh, calculating. If you go to galacticastrology.com and go to free chart, you put your birth details and it will calculate only 47 most common fixed stars, which I found most relevant. We are adding more now as it's expanding, mm -hmm. but uh, you can see if any of these are uh, connected to your chart. And uh, so what I'm noticing is that most of us, at least maybe my attraction point seems to be seeing or connecting with people who I call multi-galactic star seeds. And I, I really see the story of this kind of hybrid race where there are so many different types of DNA within our human DNA and a different DNA, I mean, uh, I believe wholeheartedly different humanoid beings or human beings from different star systems. I, I really believe space is packed uh, with life based on endless stories that I've uh, witnessed during the sessions and also the research that I've done. But uh, what I'm seeing is that, for example, if you have um, alignments to the four royal stars or galactic center, super galactic center, the great attractor, these people have they're naturally wired to perceive multidimensionally or they're more in tune with this expanded awareness and always feeling like there is more out there, like it's not just the earth. They are very intelligent, very in tune, very, you know, you just, they have this higher frequency of consciousness. And it's the fixed stars, I believe, that I see in the chart, whoever has more conjunct and oppositions to these prominent fixed stars they're wired that way compares to people who don't necessarily have as many. They, they seem more uh, occupied with the life here and now, going mm. to work, paying mm. bills, uh, you know, watching the Netflix shows. Uh, but their time will come too because you can you still have sextiles, trines, squares, like every chart is quite busy and there are complex stories there. And um, I believe we are awakening to remember stories of our deep ancestors not just here on earth but elsewhere as well and it's all in the chart why do you think we forget this I and mean, why why do you think it's designed so that we don't actually know yeah i believe in cycles of nature and cycles of consciousness and i believe earth really is going through her own 
cycles as well. And this solar system is going through its own cycles and this part of the galaxy too. But I really do feel like there has been the 26,000 years of the night cycle. And now we are stepping really to the dawn and to the light where there is greater connectivity, greater harmony and remembrance. As Dolores Cannon, who is a founder of QHHT modality, uh, the regression hypnosis, she would have said it over and over throughout thousands upon, upon thousands of her client sessions that whenever they regress to the life between lives, they always say, oh, my God, this was just a game. You know, we, we were taking it so seriously, but this was all designed by our own higher selves. Julia, I have maybe the most amount of chills that I've ever had, like as you've been speaking, it's incredible. I mean, what you, you literally pulled out the Aries South node, which is my South node. And I have had past life regressions, remembering myself as a leader in war. And I've had that moment. I've had that, that death moment in the regression, remembering being in a field, seeing everybody was dead on the field. And I was about to take my life because I was a leader and, and I'm not allowed to live at that point. And my final thought was I led them the wrong way. And then I take my own life and then I, I am out of my body. And it's the same thing you just said. I had so much compassion. It was just like, Oh my gosh, we're so confused when we're down there in this human realm. Like we have no clue. Like, and all of a sudden it was just so clear that it was okay. You know, and there was so much forgiveness and so much compassion. I've had the same type of memory, seeing myself as a leader in a spiritual community and feeling that, you know, what I have so many, I mean, there's like three distinct regressions that I've had that are definitely all in this Aries kind of flavor of leadership, betrayal, um, you know, leadership gone wrong, you know, and all these, and all of those experiences in this lifetime have brought first a huge resistance to ever being a leader, like never wanting to be a leader because I didn't want to lead people the wrong way. And then a true understanding of, okay, if I'm going to be a leader, here's how I need to do it. Here's what I, here's what I can stand for. That's eternal. And here's what I can't, you know, but so these lessons of going through that process of remembrance are so healing in this moment. But what you're bringing in is a whole nother level because now we get to find our galactic roots and potentially some of the lessons that we've learned in other, in other lifetimes, even beyond this planet, which who knows what that will open up in us. Right. And I'm sure you've gotten to experience what it opens up in people. What do you see? Like what, what actually starts to become unlocked for people when they're, when they're making these connections? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. What an incredible validation. Uh, And yet another incredible story of soul evolving over many incarnations towards its greatness or remembering of its divinity that is perfect. (laughs) Yes. The, the galactic lives also hold the frequency of the archetypal behavioral experiences that we have here. And generically speaking, what I'm seeing, there are certain themes connected to certain star systems. For example, if someone has a lot of uh, Pleiadian alignments, they will be quite fast paced. They will be multitaskers. They'll be very um, kind of joyful, bubbly, and want to focus on the positive 
things and everyone give many chances and they'll be really actively working on helping to make this world a better place. And of course, if, if it's trauma conditioned, then it's that you know polluted in a certain way and you, need to, and you need to come out to be that, that expression fully. And someone in contrast to that who has a lot of Syrian alignments, they are much more down to earth. They will speak slower. They will take their time to deliver certain concepts that are very wise, grounded. You know, you can totally tell <laughs> that, that frequency. Or someone who has Orion Nebula alignments, um, and especially conjunct and oppositions, they feel very angelic and very uh, gentle and deeply compassionate, and they'll feel the suffering of others uh, deeply. Arcturians would um, also feel like that, but they feel more uh, grounded and able to handle the earth uh, environment and polarity and uh, great healers. So you can see these themes uh, with different fixed stars. And it's not something I've studied through books on fixed stars. I learned through astrologyking.com uh, on the fixed stars. He has some references to awesome books on fixed stars, but I haven't, I've never had time to <laughs> To look at those, it was all through witnessing the stories from the sessions and just feeling the flavor and frequency of different people. You know, I wonder too, I mean, are you are you seeing that people are sort of naturally drawn to the, the stars that they come from? For example, you know, I meet a lot of people, I, I live in Hawaii and the Hawaiians have a very deep, rich history and past with the Pleiades. You know, so they had a huge festival every single year based on the rising of the Pleiades and, and the festival would last as long as the Pleiades were in the sky. So it was about four months and this happened every year and it's called Makahiki. But um, so there's a lot of connection to Pleiades here. Do you find that people are naturally drawn to the ones that then get validated when you look at the chart? hundred percent, the heart and soul knows. And that's one big message that I like to keep sharing because some people are not uh, analytical, logical, and they don't, they find it hard to research and study a huge amount of data. They're yeah. more intuitive, creative, and just in tune with their intuition. And I want to tell them, you don't have to know anything about astrology and, or even go down that path to get these validations. Your heart and soul knows. I've seen it so many times that <sighs> people are guided to reach their highest potential that you can see astrologically in their chart, just by following their excitement, what feels right. And uh, you'll meet your destiny. So, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, so basically you're doing the validation for us to be yeah. able to say, hey, 100%, if you're feeling this pull and this draw and you always have, or, or maybe even recently it's come in. I love what you said about us being multi-galactic, that m many of us have a mix of, of past history with different fixed stars, yeah. correct? There, yes, there is an awesome book that I highly recommend by Lisa Royal Holt called The Prism of Lyra, where she is doing such a wonderful job at explaining how human race started from Lyra and then spread across many different star systems, including Pleiades, uh, including Vega, uh, including Sirius, um, Earth, some of the Orion stars as well. Seeing that, actually reading that book at some point uh, after year or two of looking at fixed stars I started that that helped me actually connect the dots because I saw these different star systems spread across a chart you can actually th that's how I started noticing that the outer planets Pluto Neptune Uranus are showing the deepest soul history the most ancient soul history the deep deep ancestors of like soul DNA 
let's say, coming from Lyra, and then how that soul journeyed to then colonize Vega, then they stepped in Sirius, then to Earth. Uh, some of them were literally like that, as obvious as that, and it's all in the chart. Can you say the name of that book again? The Prism of Lyra. And Lyra, Lyra spelled L-Y-R-A? Yes. Okay. The Prism Lyra. of Lyra. Yeah, by Lisa Royal Hold. And then she also has a cards, um, tarot cards deck called um, Our Galactic Heritage. And she focused on most well-known stars. What I loved about her channeling is that she shows the archetypal behavior of those uh, human races in those certain star systems from their past consciousness, their greatest struggles in terms of polarity uh, of their being and experiences, then their kind of present moment where they started realizing the insanity of that and then how they transcended that and their future their highest light uh, expression and how much of that is actually totally we are experiencing all that as an echo of it what i believe now after seeing so many incredible soul journeys is that we are earth is really a special place where these multi-galactic um, seeds of DNA are merging here and that we are going through this extraordinary time where our consciousness is rapidly evolving, expanding. We are meant to remember some of those ancient stories of our struggles, whether on earth or elsewhere. Whatever we live on earth, I feel is like an echo of unresolved stories of polarity in other star systems. We are meant to kind of feel them, relive them emotionally, and then also bring that higher awareness, higher consciousness, which is very much becoming more and more available to us, guiding us to resolve, heal the pain and um, let go of those blueprints of trauma and return to unity, harmony, peace, love, safety, most of all, reclaiming our right to feel safe in this universe and and then, then starting to kind of creating this upgraded higher octave of human experience and cosmos <laughs> are they more evolved than us see it depends when where you look at what perspective you choose there is infinite <laughs> amount of answers you can have here because it depends what level of consciousness you are in what you need to zoom in what is relevant to your own evolutionary journey you will have different view of different stories based on uh, what you need so if we reach that highest level of consciousness, we 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 surpass the time, linear time space. When you reach high level of consciousness, when you step into love and peace and really kind of bringing your higher self into your body, you start perceiving quantumly. So like with astrology, when you look at the planets, you can either embody their lower octave or their higher yeah. octave. Is polarity sort of the the, the common thread of what we're all trying to integrate and work with? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of that need of being a, a god or creator or someone who controls of how everything is, and the fighting of you know everyone is not happy yet. I'm so mad at that. Like, why aren't they? You know, we need to let go of wanting to control everything and everyone, and just surrender to what is and allowing this planet to be full of infinite possibilities and that gem where anything is possible. Do, do you find that people, when they when they finally get to a point where they're tapping into this understanding or perspective, 
are they at a certain point of consciousness as well? Like where they're ready to receive this additional information? Or are we sort of always aware of it, but maybe we start to become aware of the higher potential of it? I think you answered it uh, yourself there. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. What I'm seeing is that people who kind of naturally get what I'm saying here, if you look at their charts as well, they, you like you can tell even in their chart that this is a high frequency uh, being or soul. There will have, let's say, Neptune conjuncting their galactic center, or there'll be Antares uh, conjunctions. Antares is really interesting royal star because I, I see it a lot with healing practitioners. A lot QHHD practitioners would have Antarian fixed star alignments. It's something about it that helps these people become like activators of higher consciousness. It's easier for others to tap into higher dimensions because you hold that Antarian frequency. For example, I have uh, Uranus and Jupiter conjuncting Antares in my seventh house. So it's becoming really activated through relationships. And that's how I noticed it with my own um, sessions. And so the community of the uh, galactic astrology researchers that are drawn to us when we share the charts, many of them have these similar alignments. So it's like this th likeness of wavelength. We have these same fixed stars in our charts. So what do you say to people that have a hard time believing the idea of past lives in general? You know, like on this planet, let alone know you come from, you know, who knows how long of a past of lives on in um, other fixed stars or in other galaxies? Brilliant question. Thank you so much. There are a few other perspectives that are that these people might resonate with. One of them is there, you, you know, there is a soul memory or there is a DNA memories. DNA is imprinted with information like it's scientifically proven that your DNA can store infinite amount of data. So if you don't want to accept those stories as your soul's history and your soul's past lives, you can accept or work with them as your ancestral stories, your ancestral lives that you're tapping into through your DNA. And another uh, perspective is that we are all part of this great ocean. You're just a drop. And you know, whenever you shift into theta or gamma brainwave frequency, which is a natural state for us, <laughs> um, you are tapping into different drops of the ocean. And even your experience is just like you're, you are, the ocean is experiencing itself through you and all, everything belongs to the ocean. We are all part of one big intelligence. So mm. yeah, is that or the ancestral or actually your own stories or metaphoric yeah. stories as well. Some client sessions were shown uh, experiences where their higher self said, actually, this was just a metaphoric story to help this person to get a different perspective on what they are experiencing. And that's how they healed or understood something. So, oh my gosh. Well, and it could be sort of all of the above, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, Julia, where does myth play into this? Are, are, are some of the stories and mythology that we seem to connect with as humans sort of across the board, across culture, across time, are those potentially actually stories from from different lifetimes or other experiences or how do you see myth play into this and some of the mythology that we have around the planets and the different zodiac signs for example what i believe occurred with these um, stories when they were created at the po point of their creation whoever channeled that story first 
whether as a narrative of telling something that they've lived or something that they imagined as a metaphoric story to what they lived. Um, I believe that those individuals, if we looked at their fixed stars, I bet there would have galactic center conjunctions or some of these higher frequency consciousness stars like Antares or maybe Falmahod, Arcturus, perhaps Sirius, they have so much wisdom uh, channeling through when people have these in their charts. I believe these would be these extraordinary uh, human beings that are just wired to perceive cosmic consciousness, to see the archetypal patterns. You know, some people are just wired that way. And they would then channel this type of story that is a reflection of something that is actually a, a pattern uh, of behavior. That's one perspective I have. And the other one is, especially in relation to gods and their, uh, you know, extra abilities uh, that are non-human, I believe those were extraterrestrial beings that did come from different star systems. So it's actually interesting uh, um Recently, I really can't remember where I saw this interview. There was a theolog theologist who shifted a perspective on, on Bible and the Old Testament and New Testament. And he said, what if those angels and chariots of fire were actually extraterrestrial beings? And just so many dots connected. And he's now giving lectures on how to interpret the Old and New Testament when you actually see that uh, all that channeling of angels as extraterrestrial beings. And it all makes so much sense. Oh my God! Who is this doing this? I'll do my best to find it and do link. I, I I'll find it. Oh my goodness! Okay, where does like do you see echoes of the astrology chart that we use to understand ourselves here in this lifetime and and in past lifetimes? If you ascribe to that, do you see that the chart here, like our birth chart, is I know that it's related via conjunction and in different aspects to fixed stars, but is the pattern is, is the blueprint or pattern of our astrology chart similar to the blueprint or pattern of the energy of that fixed star that we're most connected with. If yes. we can even do that most connected. Yeah. with? Yes, I believe so. And it just shifts slightly and uh, it, it rearranges itself to because you have so many uh, different ways of how you can connect to certain star system it doesn't necessarily have to only be through sun or moon for your soul fractal from that star system to kind of come through into this incarnation it can come through any of the planets and i'm also finding stories related to um, mc uh, part of fortune vertex uh, lilith they all say something about you know how you are helping to resolve something from certain star systems that are linked through these points. Like there are greater and greater stories. The astrological chart really is like a quantum map technology that it just keeps unlocking more and more doors and you can find out more and more about your soul, history, plan, connections. Oh my gosh. Oh God. I, I literally could. I, thank you for your pages. As I do, I feel like I'm firing questions at you, but I have so many more. Um, I feel like you were about to just say something. Yeah. At one point, I read a book. Uh, it was about Buddhist astrologers, uh, Buddhism astrologers. Again, I'll do my best to find that book again. But that whole book was uh, looking at charts of of the Buddhas and their reincarnation and how their chart was actually evolving, but the patterns were there just shifting. And I, I believe I'm seeing that through the 
past lives stories obviously i was never able to ask about their astrological chart from before but just it it uh, it cannot not be that way if you if you think about how we uh, embody the consciousness of the planets based on their mathematical arrangement it, it has to be that we also in previous lives and if there is a theme over numerous lifetimes there has to be a match uh, mm. mathematically and mm. spatially with the planets right Yes. Yes. How do you see um, sort of like the idea of soul clusters or like the people that we're in relationship with here? Do you see patterns between families or with spouses and, and with children? Are you seeing that happen as well? It's actually a great question. Yes. And those are some of the most beautiful stories of uh, validation or um, consciousness expansion and heart expansion when people see that their spouse have similar fixed stars from those uh, old, older um, outer planets. And you just know that, you know, we, we knew that we knew each other for so, so long. Like we know each other for aeons and then you see fixed stars or the same fixed stars in, in the chart. Um, and so we're looking at family charts, you know, when you have this odd one out person, you will see that there is uh, parents and one child, they all have similar fixed stars alignments. There it's same frequency. And then there is the other, the odd one out who has not, not, uh, none of those or very little more like squares to them and different big stars different flavor altogether so I got to the point now when I look at the charts I don't look at the traditional astrology uh, stuff I just look at the big stars and it gives me so much information um, that yeah that that's how I view the charts now okay you you just mentioned something it so my love and I both have 29 degrees Leo in Saturn, but are you saying Saturn at 29 degrees Leo? Are you saying that it's only the outer planets that you're looking at? Only uh, conjunctions no. with outer planets? No, the outer planets would indicate uh, some of the most ancient soul connections. And these uh, people who have conjunctions and oppositions to the outer planets, they, when we look at their soul history, it seems to be like these are the very, very old souls, especially if there is. Um, Lyra, but other star systems too, you can just tell even when you meet them that if this is a very old wise soul. And if a child would have those, you, you, you'll see from an early age, that this is a very old wise soul with a lot of experiences. People who don't seem to have them and would have conjuncts and opposition to fixed stars, more to the personal planets, yeah. planets mm -hmm. they feel someone uh, younger. Younger, it's still hundreds of um, lifetimes ancient souls i mean thousands of lifetimes like we really are very old and very complex beings especially if you then have regular uh, royal star connections like this would be a leadership soul archetype that you would have been a leader not just on earth but in other places too most likely once you start tapping into it so my, now saying that this, I don't want someone who will look at their chart and they will not have as many conjunct and oppositions and they'll feel bad that they're not special. I really don't want to uh, create this type of experience. What I'm seeing is that these um, younger souls have equal value and importance and um, their, their role and their mission on earth. Uh, they're just as important. Oftentimes they come from a non-physical experience where they will be five, fifth uh, density or dimension however you want to perceive it and higher non-physical experiences for aeons 
So they would for aeons feel one with all. They would feel more like an angelic soul or a collective soul consciousness. And they are only now getting accustomed to being in lower density and physicality. So they have very high frequency. So that's their specialness. And uh, But it's hard to be on earth for them. And you, you can see that then, you know, you've been in a non-physical for most of your uh, exp- soul experience. And now you're learning about polarity and anchoring okay. frequencies on earth. I'm really, really glad that you brought that in. And I, I've met people who feel like that, but then there's people that I've met that it's, there is an otherworldly um, energy to them. And they're, it's like, they're getting used to how to human and how to physical and how to all that. And they seem extraordinarily tuned in, like in a level that I've, I've never had access to. So that's, I'm really happy that you said that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see how that that would be, you know, a pitfall that many of us could fall into like, oh, I, I wanted to have this conjunction or I thought I, you know, I can see how it could become like that, but it doesn't need to. Yeah. There are a few exceptions I want to mention where they, they really are exception to the rule. I'm noticing that souls who have galactic center or mostly galactic center, but also super galactic center conjuncting or opposing their uh, sun, moon, ascendant, or lunar nodes, or even midheaven, they sometimes seem to be more advanced. They come from higher um, dimensions for sure. And when we look at their soul records, they look like they're jumping from past to future, back and forward. It's like the linear, forget the linear timeline of soul journey. It's as if they come almost like fractal of source consciousness and they tune into whatever timeline was relevant for them to kind of understand our present uh, human experience. They they have this great sense of helping humanity to reach higher levels of consciousness. But there, there always seem to be exceptions to the rule with, with these big stars where sometimes it's just very quantum. And this is why we de- developed the soul reading part of galactic astrology, where there's a whole portion of um, developing our psychic ability or tuning into soul records and checking uh, intuitively whether it's A or B or C. We learn, you know, we ask yes, no questions and your body either gives you a yes by expanding or no by contracting. When people start looking at their charts, I encourage them to, you know, realize that it's 50% of uh, analytical study uh, research, but also 50% has to be intuition and you tuning into the soul records or always ask what is the most relevant here for me to learn to grow rather than just looking for entertainment stories because you'll get stuck forever. Mm, Yes. Yes. Okay. What is the degree of the galactic center again? And are you saying uh, conjunct opposition uh, squares? Conjunct and opposition mainly. So galactic center um, currently is around 27 degrees of Sagittarius. So that would be for conjunct and 27 degrees of Gemini would be for opposition. And uh, so, yeah, to any of the planets, but mainly sun, moon, ascendant, if there are conjunctions like that, then that soul will be naturally wired to some kind of source, higher consciousness, unified consciousness, kind of divine mother, father, understanding and embodiment. So then look at which house 
your galactic center, that degree, 27 degree of Sagittarius is, sometimes even when there are no planets uh, connected to that degree, I've noticed that if you look at where that degree and sign is, which house on, in your chart, there seem to be unconscious pull towards you focusing in that area. And that's where you can reach that higher consciousness easiest. Mm unconsciously it's calling you and same would apply for super galactic center which is at two degrees of libra in around mm. currently and then the great attractor is 14 degrees of sagittarius so we're kind of just exploring these collectively and it seems there is really something to it and is it what is it where it was when you were born yes. or where it is now where it was when you were born where is it in your natal chart yeah. Okay. And which house system do you, do you use for this? Throughout the QHHD sessions research, I used Placidus because I was looking at it from a psychological perspective. I was looking at the intercepted houses and they always were spot on reflecting what they were struggling with in childhood, whatever was suppressed and whatever was uh, overdeveloped. But they really are brilliant for that. And uh, for the last year, I started also looking at whole house system and just kind of feeling into both. And relocation charts, I have to say, we also look at them because if sometimes the houses completely shift and big stars alignments will fall into different house, whereas when you were, when you were born. So encourage everyone to explore whatever system they use and just add fixed stars to it and see what stories are opening up from within your being. How do you best recommend that people begin to tune into the different potential fixed stars it's the transits they really are powerful so look at the transit so what um, anyone can do go to galacticastrology.com go to that free chart and then on the, the first tab there if you open the first tab there is a third option called astro degrees you click on the astro degrees and then you select a year uh, that uh, of interest so let's say 2022 and then the system will recalculate all of the big stars that we offer in conjunct opposition trine sextiles and square so you can look at the degree where uh, and which star you're interested in so and then look at where the planets are today look at your daily horoscope so yeah during the transits it seems it's the easiest time for that soul aspect or the soul family from the star system to communicate activate memories this wow. was the first breakthrough through the QHHD sessions when I realized actually people are able to tap into their past lives easiest when they have transiting planets uh, on the day of their session. Oh my gosh. It brings a whole nother dimension to the, the point of transits. I mean, basically these portals are opening up where we're able to connect with these different, what, what, what do you call them? I mean, I know they're fixed stars, but are they star system? I, I say star systems. Star systems. Okay. Yeah. In you know, oftentimes in QHHD sessions, when someone connected to their more like a non-physical existence in different star systems, so they would describe that they feel themselves like a themselves like a sphere of light, and they they don't have legs or or hands or anything. They're just a bubble of light. But and they were aware of other spheres of light, and there was a planet. They were aware of. A whole society and everyone was telepathic and there was immense joy and connection and transparency we were individual but collective at the same time so let's say this would be arcturian soul experience uh, and they would say that they would start crying because they realized that 
soul group family is always connected to them. They're, they're always watching over you. You're never left alone here. Those are the biggest realizations that all the, you know, with your beta brainwave frequencies, it seems like you're just here, you no know, disconnected, but it's far from truth. All you need to do, just take few deep breaths, switch into alpha brainwave or theta or gamma, and suddenly feel connected through your heart space. So during the transits, you can, it, it may be easier. We, we should be able to tap and connect and download information at any point. We are that powerful. Our consciousness is able for it. If you train yourself into and if you tr uh, trust your heart, your intention is very powerful. It's like a calling line. But for those who are not yet trained and yeah, trained, they can avail of transits, make it easier for them. There is a really awesome app, Star Walk 2. Some of you may be familiar. I highly recommend it because it will, you know, you point it at the sky above you, whether you're indoor or outdoor, and it'll tell you exactly how the sun is passing, where the planets are, and what star system are behind it. Because some of the websites, like including our website, it'll say, for example, Arcturus will be, our sun will be conjuncting Arcturus in, I think, 10 or 12 days from now. But it's not 24 hours on that particular day. If you use that app, you will see that perhaps where you live, the sun will have Arcturus behind it at nine o'clock in the morning. If you live somewhere else on Earth, it could be three o'clock in the afternoon. So where is the best time for you to then meditate with the intention to bring highest light love? The and the sun, does the sun sort of help carry the frequency? Or moon or any other planets, but sun seems to be easiest for us to actually allow that uh, and receive that and feel that. Oh my God, this is fascinating. Like, whoa, it's so, yeah. it's so reassuring too. It's like, I think what you just said about our consciousness and how it's designed as like this call in line, like if we enable enough time in these other brain waves, then we can actually access really important and reassuring information and presence from these other beings and this is one of the, the realizations I've been having recently, Julia, and we talked about this a little bit backstage before we came online, that I'm being encouraged to reduce my filling of space with technology, meaning podcasts or phone calls or meetings or all these different things I do throughout the day. I mean, my whole entire business and life and world is basically virtual. So, but I, but I'm being asked because of different physical things that are happening in my body to reduce that. And as I'm doing that, I, I am more aware of more planetary and universal frequencies. And it's, I've heard really specifically, Hey, this is why we need you to get off the technology because when you're always filling the space, you can't hear us. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is so reassuring. Okay. Another question for you before we wrap up, I mean, I literally, Julia, I think I could talk to you forever and I'm sure our audience has lots of questions too. If you do have questions that I haven't asked today, please put them in the chat. And I would love if Julie and I can stay in, in touch and continue exploring some of these topics. Um, but what is the most consistent message that you feel or that you've heard that comes through the different, would you call them star clusters, star, star systems, star systems. Star systems. 
raising your frequency and not giving into doom and gloom timelines that are being projected by certain consciousness, by certain perspectives. Uh, choose your timeline, choose your frequency, because you raising your frequency is so powerful that it will help you navigate no matter what doom and gloom would occur, you will fly through it uh, with ease and grace. So just keep raising your frequency. They keep saying that. Just focus on what you can do to bring more um, balance, harmony, joy, love, peace into your reality. How can you make this world a better place? It's coming over and over. And uh, for those who didn't hear me saying this before in other interviews, in terms of past life regressions, often they regress into future timelines. Some clients came with a strong need to know, are we doomed or what's going to happen? So they were shown their future incarnation, 100, 200, 300 years from now. And it was a peaceful world. There was a world peace treaty signed. There were signs of it. And this came through so many sessions, not just in my sessions, but other QHSG practitioners as well, where humanity is restoring balance and harmony of their experience, smaller communities in harmony with nature, highly advanced technology, but technology that is supporting our well-being and well-being of nature, literally seeing speakers that would play frequencies that is enhancing our well-being and uh, all kinds of other details, but uh, it's going to be okay. Oh God, definitely the world record for chills in my body <laughs> through this interview. Yeah, Julia. So when, for people that want to start, you've, you've given several different avenues and paths. I know that you've developed a lot at your, at your school. Um, I, I think probably the first place was your, was it your site to get the alignments for each person? So everything is now linked through galacticastrology.com. You can either start with just looking at your free chart and see what fixed stars uh, alignments there are and, uh, you know, start there. And here I want to highlight that people usually get very excited or like, oh, my God, there's so much there. I want to know it all and I want to know it now. There is this um, eagerness that starts kind of disturbing the peace a little bit. I invite you to be OK not knowing it all at once. Instead embrace the journey that this is going to take you on because it will be months if not years and it'll be amazing it'll be mind-blowing entertaining healing it will be shedding stuff you will be expanding things will start shifting and changing new people will come in it's an awesome journey but it's a journey it's not like i want to know it all now don't Julia, I am so glad you said that. That is so true about the astrological journey too. It's yeah. and then people get discouraged because they can't learn it all in a thirty-day, uh, you know, course or something. It's like this is, but it's about enjoying the journey and it's about enjoying the process of discovery. And there's so much delight in that at every single step along the way. So just it's like settle in and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Okay. So what else? So that's the one. Um, if there are people who are not wired into research and or don't have time to research this and take their time this way, we now have growing community of dedicated galactic astrologers who are super passionate and just 24-7 studying this and uh, tuning in for people. They 
usually spend a day, sometimes even a week with more complex chart preparing. So they tune in for you and then give you whatever is most relevant for you to hear at this time to help you evolve and mainly get a bigger picture. It's like connecting many different puzzle pieces. So you can book a session with them. They have different price ranges. They offer written reports, audio or Zoom recordings live. So you can kind of tune into them. And I created a podcast where we interview each of them. So you can really feel their frequency, their flavor, the, their background. They each bring their own unique gifts into it. So that will take some time for people to research, but let your heart guide you to the right one. And if you are really excited about this, if you're you know enthusiastic about astrology, you can start with Galactic Astrology 101 course, which is also on the Galactic Astrology website. Try that first, plenty of information there. And if, if you really feel the expansion of energy in your life activation, go for the practitioner course and join the community and grow with us. It's really amazing. Mm. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard that we are starting a reading service at Astrology Hub too, Astrologer Connect. Yeah. So we're going to help people connect with astrologers easily and book readings, either um, booked or by the minute, but I'm listening to this going, it'd be amazing to have some of your practitioners working at Astrologer Connect as well. And then some of our students, I'm sure, will become practitioners as well. And so there, I can see a beautiful um, synergy between what you're doing and what we're doing at Astrology Hub. And I'm just so grateful for everything that you're doing, Julia, to really expand our awareness of the universe and our place in it and our interconnectivity with so much more than we realize. You know, it's like we're, we're just scratching the surface, it feels and there's so much more to discover. I'm so grateful that you're out on the forefront, like, you know, leading the charge in, in a lot of ways. So thank you for that, Julia. Thank you. Likewise, right back at you, right back at you. <laughs> so much fun. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode, if you're new to Astrology Hub, make sure you sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It is called the Cosmic Insider. That's where you're going to get a summary of all the amazing podcast episodes that we did throughout the week, as well as some insights into the current astrological weather, reflections on some of the themes that, that are really important to pay attention to as you're navigating your life here in this lifetime. So check that out at astrologyhub.com slash insider. And we'd love to have you as a part of our community. Thank you to all of the inner circle members who introduced me to Julia. I'm super grateful for all of you and all of your enthusiasm. It's so fun when you all are saying, Hey, pay attention to this person. We found some of our, our greatest astrologers through that, you know, where the, the community is saying, Hey, this person's amazing. Please bring them on the podcast. So thank you um, to all of you in the inner circle that were uh, singing Julia's praises. And thank you, Julia, so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, your perspective, your joy with all of us. I'm, I know that we all can feel it. And it's just so, it's so awesome to know that you're out there doing this work. Thank you for that. <sighs> okay, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. 
Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.